Tonight we're going to be doing a little bit of talking on uh, fantasy football. Um, I'm Chris Jones. I'm Jeremy Hood, coming to you fresh off a dose of NyQuil. Voices struggling a little not, so bear with me. I'm Dylan Rapper, fresh off the court from beating up on some high school kids and some pickup basketball. <laughs> it's always important to humble them high school kids. Exactly. 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 Yeah, tonight we're going to get into some uh, contract situations in the NFL, uh, specifically looking at uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon. Uh, take a look at uh, the impact uh, LaShawn McCoy signing in Kansas City is going to have on Damian Williams and his and his uh, fantasy output this season. Um, going to go into a little uh, uh, boom or bust segment. For you guys, uh, people we think will boom, people we think might bust bust this year, and um, we'll probably each give you a a deep sleeper that we have that could really uh, help you win your fantasy championship. Yeah. If, we, if we don't hurry and wrap it up, I might be a deep sleeper with this knockwell. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, first, uh, we'll start talking about uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, news came out; he, he Zeke's going to play. He finally, uh, finally came to. Terms with the Cowboys, uh, ninety million dollars. Terms, uh, 50, good gosh, yeah, fifty million guaranteed, uh, big time. Um, so I guess um, we'll have plenty, uh, plenty of bowls of cereal with that. That's for, that's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> so I guess for all the uh, people that went out and you know grabbed Tony Pollard or. People Probably a little upset about that. Yeah, people that didn't have. His what about people that traded him. Tony Pollard away and got AJ Green? They're probably feeling yeah. pretty good, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of my true. leagues, I, one of my leagues, I ended up selling Tony pretty, pretty high. So uh, happy about that. But uh, I can yeah. say personally with Ezekiel Elliott, I'm just excited. We're going to have years to come of him jumping into the big Salvation Army tank in the end zone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I've actually a... I've actually got him in two of my leagues, and I just I was talking to you earlier about it, Chris. And I always just kind of felt good about him getting the deal done because you're you hear Jerry Jones talking about it. He's constantly praising Zeke, talking about how much he likes him, and I'm just like, well, if he likes him that much, he obviously wants him there. He wants to win a Super Bowl, and I heard Da right, right. talking today. Also, Da was talking about how old uh, Jerry Jones is getting. And apparently when you get old, we're not there yet, but we're getting there, but we're not there yet. As you get older, your uh, your interest in life obviously start changing, and he's done everything else. He's conquered the business world. He's strong-armed people. He's worked his way to the top. He's got all the money. Now he's just ready to win some more Super Bowls. And this is the only chance he has, I feel like, with the team. Exactly. I mean, off, on both sides of the field, too, if you think about it, especially just that they're, they're I mean, linebacker position alone. It's, it's insane what they got on that end of the field, too. Yep. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, and I mean, if you were, you know, drafting your fantasy team in those kind of uncertain days where Zeke's out there training with, with Marshall Falk out of the country, and uh, uh, you might have, you know, even got a, some good value on him. You know, he would have been going up there top four running backs easy if he, you know, signed his deal earlier, but you may have gotten him in I'd, good value late in the first round. I mean, I got him at six. I was pretty stoked about that. It actually made my decision pretty easy at right. six. A lot of times that's that one. I was, oh, gosh, do I take a, a 
low first tier running back. They're gonna take mm-hmm. a, a high tier receiver. But I was like, right, boom. Right. I was like, if he works this thing out, that's my guy right there. So I took him. I jumped on him. Yeah, and even if you're drafting him at the end of the kind of first round, even if he, you know, were to miss two or three games, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott <laughs> playing 13 to 14 games in that offense behind that offensive line, I mean, you got to think he's still got a chance to be a, a top five, top five, top ten running back at the end of the year. Hundred percent, absolutely. Right, right. So uh, another another contract situation been monitoring is uh, Melvin Gordon. Uh, had a report out today that there was one team that was interested in in trading for him, but uh, didn't seem like that was going anywhere. And uh, the Chargers have said they will revisit it, you know, when the season's over. Um, I think it's just uh, a different story compared to Dallas and, you know, with the Chargers just because of the running back situation. I mean, with Eckler and and Jackson, I mean, it's just – it's it's different from Pollard who you have no clue what you're going to get. I mean, Alfred Morris is – ugh, but – Alfred – it's Morris – Morris, Morris, according Morris. to all the all the announcers, it's Malford Morris. But yeah, <laughs> right. I, I agree. I think Eckler and uh, Justin Jackson. I mean, they're not. I wouldn't say they're necessarily proven, but they've shown capability. They've shown and, flashes. Yeah, they've shown enough capability that I don't think that uh, ownership in um, let's see, not San Diego, it's L.A. now. I don't think I don't think that they're concerned with that derailing their season by any means. I mean, it's a, you're going to be relying on the passing attack, um, expecting those receivers and um, Phillip Rivers to get the job done. And I feel like either one of those guys is a viable option. Obviously Gordon's probably better than both of them, but you put those two together you can get Gordon like numbers. I think, go ahead, Chris. Yeah. I was just going to say that another thing with Melvin Gordon, you know, he's, it seems to be, he's, I don't have it, you know, haven't heard an exact number, but it seems he's asking for that Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott type money. And I just don't think Melvin Gordon's worth that kind of money. Like, and then when you look into trading him, if you're going to trade for him, if you're a team that trades for him a couple games into the season, I mean, you might have that expectation from Melvin Gordon that you're going to give him that big contract. And not, I just don't know why you're giving Melvin Gordon all of this money. And he's had, you know, one really good year in the league. His rookie year was pretty good, but his second year wasn't wasn't great. But yeah, what were you gonna say, Dill? I was gonna say, I mean, could you imagine him like as far as the trade working out with like somebody like the Texans who who need that running back, who have a a good team that are you know they're missing a Melvin Gordon that could take them to the next level. And I know, Jeremy, you're a big uh, Texans fan, so. I'm not a big Carlos Hyde guy, though. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I really think I, I can't help but think it crossed their mind after the after the fact that oh man, we might have missed on Gordon. But I was talking to Chris about it today. Chris, kind of talk about a little bit what you were saying. Like it's not necessarily the trade; it's like what comes after the trade. Touch on that a, t- a little bit. Yeah, like I mean, if you're you're trading for him, I mean, especially if you're not wanting to give him a huge contract, why is – he's not going to play for you either, in, in my opinion. You know, he's – why is he – in his in his mind, why is he going to go out there without any guaranteed money, guaranteed years on his – you know, on his uh, on his contract and possibly have a career-ending injury or, you know, anything like right, that. It's right. not the Le'Veon Bell situation. So, I mean, if I'm a team, why am I going to give up draft picks? Why am I going to give up a, a talented player? And then I'm going to have to sign him to a huge deal? I just, I just don't think he's worth it. Yeah, I certainly agree with that. 
But um, another big big signing that has some fantasy implications, uh, LaShawn McCoy going back to to play with Andy Reid uh, this, this time in Kansas City. Um, I haven't even drawn that parallel yet. Wow. Yeah. That changes um, my opinion a little bit. And so <laughs> everything I've been seeing since, you know, LaShawn got signed is it's really hurting Damian Williams' value. I mean, if you drafted him, if you're having your draft before the signing, he was that kind of third, fourth round, you know, running back two, really strong, you know, could possibly hop up in there, bottom of that running back uh, one conversation, especially being in that offense. But now it's seeming like everybody's kind of down on him. Um, you, what, what do you think the, the impact is? I think it – I kind of had a hunch on Damian Williams in the first place. I don't know if it was like a, a, a prophetic moment I had <laughs> that this was going to happen. But, like, I don't know. Damian Williams for me is one of those uh, – for no good reason, undraftable players, you have them. We all have them. And one of those right. guys are like, oh, there he is, but nope, not going to draft that guy. And he's that for me. Uh, you have them in fantasy basketball. If I ever played fantasy baseball, I bet they'd be there. But <laughs> right. I don't know. For some reason, I just, I just never one time considered picking him up. But I also, I'm not going to hang my season on. I'm not going to put my season in the fate of Shady's hands either. I don't think I, – I think it hurts. McCoy's value picks up some, but mm-hmm. Williams definitely is going to be impacted. He's not going to have quite the season that he would have. I'm just pretty excited to see it. I mean, think about all the weapons they have, and that's only a, that's only a plus. So, it'll be exciting. Yeah, I, I think um, – I don't know. They, they named Damian Williams a starter. Um, LaShawn just now getting there, obviously – been in the league a while. I don't think it's going to take him long to pick up on the playbook or anything. Um, but I think, you know, if, if Damien comes out the first, you know, couple games and really just has some really strong showings, some strong performances, you know, I, I just find it hard to believe that you're giving LaShawn McCoy 10 touches a game. But, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, I see, I don't see him being used much as much in the run game. But I think I think I don't know, do you guys think Shady would be more of a third down back type guy? Um potentially, but I think Damian Williams is a pretty good pass catching back. I mean his last preseason game like he caught a seventy seven yard touchdown pass. But um I guess another worry with Damian Williams is you've never seen him carry the workload of a you know a, exactly. a, a bell a bell cow. Yeah. You know, like you know, somebody going out there getting two hundred, three hundred yeah, carries a season. You've never really seen how Damian Williams handles that. Le'Veon so, Bell cow. Maybe that's yeah, my. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's my team name this year. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But uh, any uh, any other thoughts on Damian Lashawn? I don't know. I believe I've spoke my piece on that. Same that scenario. All right. Um, get into a you know a couple, uh, a boom and a, a bust for each of us. Um, you know what I'm considering a boom here is you know somebody that's going to outperform their average draft position and, uh, you know, vice versa with the bus that somebody that, you know, maybe getting drafted high, that's, you know, not going to finish at that same, uh, ADP. Um, I'll go ahead and start off with my first, uh, my, my boom. And it is, uh, Didi Westbrook. He's being, Ooh, he's being a sooner. Hey, got it. Ironic. Gotta yeah. Boomer. Um, but he's being drafted down in the, around wide receiver 
35, 37 range. Um, all the all the reports out of camp saying DD looks looks great, looks like the best receiver. They add Nick Foles a quarterback, which is a huge upgrade in my opinion over the clowns they've had the past couple of seasons, um, especially Blake Bortles, Cody Kessler. Um, How do you think the organization feels about that being a huge upgrade? Yeah. <laughs> well, you got like a, a top. He, he's probably in the. 20 to 30 range and he's a huge upgrade that's it tells you just like how bad cody <laughs> that goes back to our portals. that goes back oh, to the one we recorded the other day when i said i think about the jaguars and i just go Ugh. yeah you just kinda, but i think dd really has a chance to get up in that top 25 receivers this year and if anything you look at his his week one matchup they're going up against they're at home they get the chiefs uh chiefs are likely to be up Probably going to be throwing a lot. And if you look at the Chiefs' defense last year, um, they weren't great against slot receivers. They were bottom 10 in the league. DD lines up in the slot 80 to 90% of the time. Um, I think the volume's going to be there. I think the big playability with DD Westbrook is there. It wouldn't surprise me a bit if, if DD Westbrook has a long touchdown in week one against Kansas City, even if it's kind of late, maybe kind of trash time. But uh, Germ, you got you got a boom for us. I do, I do. I've got a boom. I, uh, kind of came about in me trying to figure out what exactly I had, and having three receivers from the Broncos, <laughs> and by drafting them, seemingly I I, I really didn't know like, who's going to be the number one. What's going on? You look at their projected fantasy points on the season; they're all within like twenty points of each other. So I started digging in a little bit. And Matthew Barry is super, super high on Emmanuel Sanders. He said uh, just the things that he's been able to do coming out of the Achilles injury from last year. He said the guy's an absolute genetic freak, and he looks awesome. So just given that I got him in the late, I I don't know, I think it was round eight or nine. I mean, I got him really late. Um, I think he's going to put up some – pretty substantial amount of numbers and I think maybe not in week one through five he might be a little I think in the recovery from the games is going to be a little bit more difficult for for him right just coming off the injuries a little bit older but Matthew Barry says he's fresh he looks good I can't question Matthew Barry this dude does this for a living he All makes right. probably millions of dollars doing it so I think Manuel Sanders is going to separate himself as the number one for Joe Flacco in the mile high city yeah, and you, you look at their running back situation. Uh, Philip Lindsay, uh, not huge on him. Um, and Flacco, you know, it's a guy that's thrown for a lot of yards. At, and he's never had good receivers, really. Yeah, you've never looked at his at his guys and said, "Wow, and he's just got great receiving core." You've never looked um, at it and said, "Well, his receivers make him good." Right, and I think you know, big arm. Uh, I think the volume will definitely be there for Emmanuel Sanders. Um, so, could turn out well. Uh, Dylan, you got a, got a boom for us? Well, I was going to go running back, but since you guys both went receiver. Go running back. Go running back. Uh, well, go I'm gonna, running back. I don't know. I got to give a shout out to my boy because I just respect the situation. And I don't really know. I mean, he just keeps dropping because of Andrew Luck. But mm-hmm. I still love T.Y. Hill. Oh, I like this. Ooh, okay. I love it. He's okay. playing for his boy. He's got more than just football on the line. 
his brotherhood with 12. He's going to, I don't know, is it confirmed? Is he going to put on the 12 jersey this year? Someone said he might be, someone said he might be putting on the 12 this year. So if that's the case, (laughs) he's booming. Yeah, I got a feeling we'll see D.Y. Hilton in his his 13 jersey. But uh, (laughs) no, but I'm, I, I tend to agree. I think when a lot of people are looking back when Jacoby Brissett was quarterback a couple years ago when Andrew Luck set out in uh, 2017 for that season. Um, their offensive line was much worse, and their defense was a lot worse. I think, you know, he's been in the system a couple more years. Their offensive line is much improved. I, yeah, I agree. I think T.Y. Hilton still has has a lot of upside in fantasy and this year. I'll say, I'll say this. You look at the situation with Antonio Brown and how toxic, how toxic everything is with the front office. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh, yeah. Uh, I think that on the flip side of that, I feel like the Colts have conducted themselves beautifully as far as player morale goes through all this. Mm-hmm. Going ahead and taking care of Andrew Luck, looking, saying, you know, the body of work you've given us, you've you've put us in a situation to be a good team for years to come. You know, they went ahead and paid out what they owed him. And then Jacoby Brissett, before the season starts, are like, you know, we got him, he's starting quarterback. We at least got to get him to starting quarterback money. So they can look – players on the team can look around and see how they're taking care of their guys. And you know that's going to make them feel good and want to go out yeah. and compete and do well. So you can pile that with their talent and there's their their will to win and just wanting to go out there and uh, put on a show for the fans. I think all that combined into one. To, I, I look for him to have a successful season, more successful than everybody originally thought when we first saw right. that going Absolutely. to the ticker that Luck had retired. Right, right. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'll go ahead and start us off with a with a bust. Um, I'm going to go with somebody who had a great year last year um, at a position that's not very deep, and that's Zach Ertz. Ooh. Hmm. I think Zach Ertz, you look, especially you got Travis Kelsey going. I mean, fringe late first round, early second round in some draft um, drafts. And you see Zach Ertz and George Kittle kind of go in – sometimes slip up into that late second round, but also into that, you know, third round. Um, 116 catches last year, huge fantasy year. All three of those top three tight ends were just just head and shoulders above the rest of the position. And that's kind of an anomaly. I mean, that hasn't happened before. And I don't think it's overly likely to repeat itself. I think Travis Kelsey position to just – keep putting up those numbers but you look at Zach Ertz's situation they add Miles Sanders at running back they add Deshaun Jackson his backup Dallas Goddard is a stud he'd be starting on I'd I'd say half the other teams in the NFL right um and if you don't believe me just ask Zach Ertz he said earlier this year that you know he's not going to have 116 catches again I mean the I just don't think the volume is going to be there to repeat that season, and the people are drafting him as if he's going to repeat that season. It's not that he's not going to finish in the easily finish in the top ten of tight ends, and probably probably in the top five. But when you pick him in the third round, and you look at the value you're getting from those receivers and running backs in those third round, in that third round, I just don't think the gap between Zach Ertz and say O.J. Howard. Evan Ingram and Hunter Henry is going to be that big this year. So I think you, you may be losing some value at running back and receiver 
reaching for Zach Ertz that early. Yep, I think I can definitely agree with that. I'm having trouble on the bus, man. It's really hard for me to look at this list, and it's really easy to justify why a guy might have a, a good year. But, like, before a game ever starts and nobody's really – you haven't really seen mm-hmm. anybody's body of work this far, it's hard to hard to come up with one. Right, right. I can I can hop in front of you. Yeah, and, you go right ahead, a, my a, man. A basic, basic white girl um, and go with Antonio Brown. Ooh, okay. I thought I about mean, going there. I mean, I know it's, it's – it's, I don't know. I mean, anybody can pick this. There's plenty of reasons why. But I just saw something today where he's – I guess he's sharing – um, on Instagram, where he got fined by the mm-hmm. by the organization. I mean, it's you know what a week before for the first game, and and you're starting this up. I mean, this is, I think it's going to be a never ending battle. Who knows? I mean, he's already he's got money. He started something up with I think the what is it uninterrupted or something some thing with all the movie stars out in L.A. and I, I just don't think he needs football. Um, uh, I don't know. I just I think this is an easy bust, but I mean I'm sure everybody agrees there. But. Yeah, I mean he's just such a. It's like he's just turned into such a headache that it's like you got this guy that was the number one fantasy receiver every year. Like you could just book it. Like Antonio Brown is going to be, you know, overall really healthy. He's going to get the volume. He's a heck of a route runner. He's going to get the touchdowns. I mean, it's just every single year, and now it's just like. The talent's still there. It's just like there's so many like just non-football things. I mean, I guess the helmet really is football, but it's like it's just kind of tiring. It's kind of tiring. Yes, uh, I, I, it's amazing to me to look back over the years and think about how subdued they kept him at Pittsburgh because it's mm-hmm. like it's blindsided me. Like I had no idea who's this type of dude, and it is. It's annoying. Like it's so petty and just stupid. Um, I thought about going that route, but then I was, I, I, I hear the way that, um, that Chucky, you know, I hear the way he talks about him and he's mm-hmm. itching for him to be out there so he could throw the ball to him he's, and, and talks about how many different plays he's got for him mm-hmm. and he's itching to get it to him. So I don't know if he can ever get his head on straight and just worry about getting out there and producing. I know he can do it. Will he do it? I don't know. We'll find out. But for mine, I'm actually going to take someone off my fantasy team. But I'm going to take it a step further, and I'm going to go with two guys because we don't know who's going to start because they both suck. <laughs> and that is, I got him in like the 14th round. It is Peyton Barber. And I'm also going to go with Ronald Jones because you got an RB1, RB2 right there. You don't. It says currently on their um, recent news they're going to go with the hot hand approach. When right. has that ever worked? It doesn't work. It doesn't work at quarterback. It doesn't work it doesn't work at these positions because these guys want to assert their dominance and they want to be the man. Now, if you have two different role players, I could see that being one thing. You have two guys seemingly doing the same thing. I just don't think either one of them is going to ever separate themselves. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's a third guy in there by the end of the season and we don't even hear anything about those guys. So I drafted him because the upside that I really don't even think is there, but I just kept seeing his name and he was high. And I was like, you know what? Maybe it's a good value. So we'll see. I'm not looking for much though. Maybe yeah. maybe Melvin Gordon will will end up there. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Um, yeah, that that whole backfield is a is it's a mess. Um, both of them are. Uh, it just seems like they're gonna 
split touches and neither of them are going to be very efficient. So you don't. Yeah, know we'll just make sure we're going to split touches and we're going to make sure that nobody gets in a rhythm all year. Yeah, it's a. Uh, we'll talk some uh, contract situations. Ezekiel Elliott, Melvin Gordon. We'll look at the Le- Lashawn McCoy signing in Kansas City. How that affects Damian Williams. Um. Then we'll even uh, go into some of our uh, booms and some busts for the fantasy season. You know, some people we think might outperform their ADP and some people we think that might not. Um, so, uh, Dylan, you want to go ahead and start yeah, off let's, quarterback? Let us, let's do this thing. I'm, I'm so excited, especially at the quarterback spot. I don't know what's going on with DraftKings, but at 5,500, you can get Kirk Cousins going against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Kirk, I mean – you look at any quarterback and the weapons they have, I mean, it's, it's, I just don't see how there's, I mean, the upside is unreal, especially at that value. Um, I love it. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, still Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, I think Dalvin Cook's in for a bounce back year, adds another weapon out of the backfield. So I have Kyle Rudolph there going up against Atlanta, who last season was not a good pass defense. So yeah, I definitely think that's a, a good value pick to, to start off your lineup with uh, another one I'm looking at um, that's uh, pretty low too is uh, Nick Foles at 5,300. Um, probably going to be behind a lot in this game playing Kansas City at home. Um, opp- opportunity for some some nice uh, trash points down the stretch. Exactly. Um, probably going to be throwing a lot. Kansas City wasn't a great defense last year. So. A good test. We'll get to see what Kansas City has, but yeah, I mean at fifty three hundred, I mean I think he's gonna he's gonna amount to that amount if that makes sense. Right. It's, yeah. It's there. Um, I, I mean a couple others just real quick. I love. I mean under the six thousand, I love Carson Wentz at fifty seven hundred. Jimmy G and Tampa Bay. I feel like that's gonna be just a trash show, but I feel like there's gonna be a lot of points being put up. Um, so you can't go wrong at fifty eight hundred there with Jimmy G. But uh, if you want to lead us into the running backs. Yeah, uh, right before I do that, I was going to want to touch on a, maybe a few quarterbacks that, you know, I wouldn't really pay up for this week. Um, I'm a huge Green Bay Packer fan, but uh, Aaron Rodgers at Chicago. Um, I love the guy. He, you know, he had some good games against him last year, but, I mean, I could honestly see this game being a very low-scoring game. Aaron only getting, you know, a, one touchdown, throwing for, you know, in the 200-yard range. Um, and another one. Uh, another guy I love, uh, Baker Mayfield at home versus Tennessee. Uh, top five scoring defense from last season. Um, you know, it's a, I think it's a tough matchup. Um, and you might not want to pay up for one of those guys when you've got some some really good value down in the uh, you know mid five thousands. But uh, you know, running back, I was really excited to grab Tony Pollard at forty five hundred. Oh. And uh, some we'll touch on later in the show. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott's not in. Really, really threw a curveball at me there, so I had to rethink. You know what running backs uh, I was going to look at this week, but I think there's a, a lot of options. There's so many options. Yeah, I mean, you look down at 5200. You've got David Montgomery in his first game against Green Bay. He's at home. They're talking about using him more in the passing game. Uh, he's. I think he's a, a stud back. I watched him for the last couple of years when he played at Iowa State. Watched him, you know, torch my Sooners a couple of times. Yeah. Um, I think he's, I think he's a stud, and I think there's a great value there. I mean, Mark Ingram at 5100. I mean, honestly, I mean, they paid for this guy, so I mean, they're they're going to use the crap out of him. He's at Miami. 
Um, I think that's going to be especially I'm, – I'm really excited to see him and Lamar working together, but I, I definitely think he amounts up to, to 51,000 – I mean, 5,100. Um, who else was there? Yeah, I, I agree with uh, Mark Ingram there. Um, you look at when Lamar Jackson took over last year in Baltimore and the rushing numbers for Gus Edwards were, yeah. were great. And, I mean, do we honestly think Mark Ingram's not better than, you yeah. know, Gus Edwards? I think he's an upgrade. So, exactly. I think he's going to have volume there. Um, I think it's a, a great pick. Chris Carson, holy cow, 5,700. That's yeah. insane. Let's see what else. Yeah. A um, couple that I might not want to pay up for. Um, I might not want to pay up for uh, David Johnson around 7,700. Um, uh, they're at home versus Detroit, new offense. Um, maybe there's a lot of question marks there. I guess I just don't really know what I'm getting from DJ. Am I getting, you know, 2016 David Johnson or am I getting, you know, David Johnson that was not overly effective last year? So with all these other options paying up there, I, just not something I'm, I'm wanting to do. No, no I'm just kidding. Yeah. You got Damian Williams. I mean, with with uh, Shady coming in, I mean, sixty three hundred. That's a little. I think that might be reaching, especially going against Jacksonville, which is pretty good pass catching running back defense. And, and I don't know. I, I stay away from him just till we kind of see what happens with Shady. But it's a little expensive on here. Yeah. Um, go ahead and uh, turn to the wide receivers. Um, couple up here at the top that I'm not overly excited about this week um, Julio Jones at Minnesota probably going to be getting shadowed by uh, Xavier Rhodes um, great corner yeah it's not that Julio is not going to have a, a good game but you know paying 8,000 you're you're really needing him to you know get you up into the mid 20 to 30 point you know fantasy points and I just think with Xavier Rhodes on him shadowing him everywhere he goes it's just not looking like a, a huge game for Julio Jones. I'd have to say there's not really anybody I don't like. Um, I love Tyler Lockett at 6,000. Let's see what else we got down here. DJ Moore at 5,500. Los Angeles Rams. I mean, that's going to be a uh, beyond high-scoring game, I believe. Um, no funches. I think Cam's really excited to have more and – Samuel in there. I don't know which one's going to jump, but uh, we'll see. I mean, Samuel's, I think, is down here at 4,200. So I think with either one of those two, very good value play for this week. Yeah, I've got a, a, a deep, a deep value play this week that I'm, I'm really liking. Uh, John Brown at the Jets. John. Uh, John Brown now with Buffalo. He played at Baltimore last year. Playing with Josh Allen, big arm, likes to chuck it down the field. John Brown, deep threat, going up against a you know a bottom five pass defense from last year, right around in that range. I think uh, there's opportunity for a long touchdown for John Brown, um, especially at 4,300. You get you know you get one long touchdown out of him, you're you're looking at making some money. Exactly. Of course, yeah. the, the no-brainer down here is kind of touches base on what you said about Nick Foles, but I mean, D.D. Westbrook at 4,800, I think it's it's got to be on 
it's going to be a, a high pick for everybody's lineup just at, at that value. And going against Kansas City, like you said, they're going to be down the whole time. So they're going to be slinging that thing around. But uh, I'm definitely going to have a whole bunch of D.D. Westbrook on my lineups. Yeah, yeah. Um, if, and if I'm going to pay up at the wide receiver position, you know, if I'm getting good value at my quarterback and uh, getting good value at my running back and I've got some money to pay up, I'm going to be looking in at uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Mike Evans. DeAndre Hopkins going up. At New Orleans, um, not a very good pass defense last year. Um, I think DeAndre has a chance to to go big in week one. Um, and Mike Evans at home versus San Francisco. Uh, I think this one could turn into a, a high-scoring game. Jimmy G's back. Um, Bruce Arians is with Tampa Bay now. Um, and when Bruce Arians takes over, uh, usually yards per attempt goes up. They like to throw it downfield, and who better to throw it to than Mike Evans, especially against a, a less-than-stellar defense in San Francisco, you know, playing at home first game. He had a huge first game last year. If I'm paying up, I'm, I'm looking at Mike Evans for sure. I mean, like you said, with Hopkins or Evans, and then you could come down here and match them up with, you know, D.D. or John Brown, and, and I think you're going to have a good week. Um, so you want to hop into the tight ends? You got anything else in wide receiver? Yeah, we can go to tight ends. Um, you know, tight end is usually a position I, I don't like to pay up for. Um, but but this week, <laughs> I'm loving George Kittle. Uh, at Tampa Bay, not a good defense, like I just said. Who are they going to throw it to? I, I agree. You've got some question marks with, with Pettis and, and Goodwin um, and Debo Samuel. You get – you know, get Jimmy G back. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. He's only 6,600 this week. So, I mean, yeah, you're paying up. But I think George Kittle is 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 well worth it this week. No-brainer this week. Absolutely. Of course, I love Evan Ingram as well. They're going to be down the whole game. Another situation where what are they really doing on the wide receiver standpoint? Yeah, you're, um, you're looking at Golden Tate facing a, a yeah. four-game suspension. They've got Sterling Shepard. Um, and if you actually look at Evan Ingram's stats without Odell Beckham, I think he's averaging around 13 to 14 fantasy points per game. Um, I expect Evan Ingram to have a good year, and I think he's got a, a good matchup in week one. I think they'll be down to Dallas, and I think I think the Johns will be throwing a lot, and I think Evan Ingram will have plenty of targets, absolutely plenty of targets. And if you paid up in every other position, you're like, oh, crap, only got 3000 to spend. But look, you got a, a gold mine sitting down here by the name of Mark Andrews. Um, I think just with you're comparing him with uh, we got Witten, you got Waller, is that how you say his name, mm-hmm. in Oakland. Yeah. I know they're high on him as well, but I, I, I love Mark Andrews this year, especially at Miami. Yeah, Mark Andrews. Uh... Best receiving tight end on that team. I know I've got uh, Hayden Hurst and, and Boyle, but I don't know. I think we may see Baltimore throwing it throwing it a little more this year than we did last year. Um, yeah, I think Mark Andrews, great value pick. And I think Waller from Oakland, um, great size, great athleticism. You got some uh, questions with Antonio Brown right now. Um, but Jared Cook leaves, and you saw the, you saw the year Jared Cook had last year, and so there's those targets just sitting out there. And I think, you know, Waller, as athletic as he is, um, I mean, I think he has – he's going to have opportunity. 
Um, he may not be, you know, your your every week starter in fantasy, but you know, you're in you know DraftKings, you you're looking for that flyer that could exactly. that could catch a catch a touchdown, get you get you 15, 20 points, you know, and win you some money. Um, flex, I usually like like to go running back again at flex, um, especially with this week where I, I feel like it's a there's so many options, right? Yeah, there's so many good matchups this week at the running back position. Like you can't go wrong. I mean, I think that because there's so many options, you have to go running back this week with the flex and the matchups you have. But I agree. I mean, getting like Dylan touched on Austin Eckler earlier, even a Dalvin Cook at six thousand um, going up against a not great defense, um, not a good run defense at all last year in Atlanta. At home, I think Dalvin Cook has a bounce back here, and I think he starts it off in week one by having a, a statement game. Kind of like you were saying earlier, with, I mean, Le'Veon Bell at 7,100. I mean, I don't think we're ever going to see that again, are we? Yeah. I mean, you, you look at the top end, the top end uh, running backs up there. You've got Zeke at 92. You've got Saquon at 90, McCaffrey at 88. And, you know, when Le'Veon Bell is healthy and playing up to – Le'Veon Bell standard. I mean, that's how much he cost. So you're getting a, a steal at 71 this week. And, you know, he comes out, has a huge first game. And everybody's like, you know, Le'Veon's back. He's going to, his price next week will, will be up there with the, the top five running backs. So if you're, if you're wanting to pay a, a discounted price for somebody that has, you know, running back one potential, uh, it's definitely Le'Veon Bell, especially at home. Versus the Bills. That's what he just said something. I'm trying to find it on Instagram too. He's like, he's he's just he's pumped to be on the field. He's saying, give me the ball 50 times in, in this first game. I'll prove to you, blah, blah, blah. He's just, I don't know, 7,100. I think he may not make it to the second game if he's going to get 50 touches, <laughs> but this first game and this first week in DraftKings at the price he is, I love it. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, then just um, last part here, just, just touch on – some defenses we like, uh, some defenses that we don't like. Um, I always love going after just looking at who they're playing and who's throwing the ball, who's, you know what I mean, just some matchups. I love the Chargers. You got uh, Jacoby Briskets, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I like him. I think he's going to be a good quarterback, but this is game one against a pretty good Chargers defense at 3,000. I'm liking that. but Yeah, Um I mean, even paying up to 38 for the Ravens. Um, yeah. They're going at Miami. I know they lost C.J. Mosley. They had Earl Thomas at safety. Um, playing against Miami, probably have uh, Fitzmagic starting there. Uh, maybe see some Josh Rose in the second half, depending on on how the first half goes. But Fitz ain't scared to throw the ball, that's for sure. That's true. And, and I mean, and, and Miami just lost uh, – just traded away uh, Kenny Stills and uh, Tunzel, offensive tackle. So the weapons aren't really there in Miami. You've got some uncertainty in the backfield with Bellage and Kenyon Drake. You're looking at your receiving core, and you've got Albert Wilson out there, and you're like, yeah, that's my wide receiver one. You know, it just doesn't seem like a, a great situation for, for Fitzpatrick or Rosen. So, you know, paying off for the Ravens at 38, no. I love good the, payoff for you. Exactly. I love the Browns at 3,402 at home, all the hype for the team they have this year. Um, in Tennessee, what are they – I mean, what's going on there with quarterbacks? With 
who's going to catch the ball, who's going to throw the ball. I mean, there's just so many questions in Tennessee. I think that the Browns may feast, but I don't know. Yeah, Marcus Mariota, do you trust him to you know stay healthy? Um, Derrick Henry, are we going to see Derrick Henry from the first 12 games or the, the last four games? Uh, my money's on first 12. Um, and receiving core, uh, Corey Davis, you know, obviously first-round pick, a lot of talent, but is it, uh, you know, does it materialize here? You got a great corner in Denzel Ward. Miles um, Garrett, great pass rusher. I don't know. I think uh, the Browns' defense has improved this year. You, a lot of talent over there. They had Sheldon Richardson at, at defensive tackle. I think that helps their run game a lot. One place there a week last year. So for 34, at home, going to be a great crowd. Exactly. Tennessee, you know, could pay off for you. Philly, 3,600 is a pretty solid pick. Paying up just a little bit. Who else down here? What about uh, your Lions going against the Rook, your boy? You trust him, game one? They are um, home. Well, he, my boy is referring to Kyler Murray. Um, huge Oklahoma fan. But, yeah, love Kyler Murray. Like what Cliff Kingsbury is going to probably do in Arizona. I don't know how fast they start, though. You know, like you could take them, you know, half a season to really get going. I don't think their offensive line is overly great. Their weapons, I mean, you still have Larry Fitzgerald late in his career. Christian Kirk's a good young receiver, but still running back in David Johnson. But, yeah, I mean, the Lions just had some games last year that you were like, whoa. I mean, they, they blanked the 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 Packers yeah. last season, which didn't think they'd do that. But, yeah, so, I mean, you could have some value down there with the, the Lions for sure. That's about all I got. Good. The, the Revolution Network. Make sure yep. you guys go follow us on Facebook. Uh, we're going to make an Instagram. we got a Twitter up. Um, All that thank- social. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah give us a, a follow on Spotify. It should be um, on iTunes here soon. Uh, give us a like, a uh, five-star review. Uh, yeah. And make sure you check us back out next week for a week one recap where we can either eat our words Hopefully we won't, and we can get some credibility with our listeners. Uh, but we'll see. We'll look forward to doing this all season with you guys. Thanks for checking in. It's a revolution. revolution.